Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. President Biden, busy on his first day in the Oval Office. On his first day, he eliminated 11,000 good-paying energy sector jobs with the swipe of his feeble pin. One of the Biden's uh, first executive orders was to revoke the permits for the Keystone XL pipeline. Construction has been halted and the jobs lost are mostly union jobs. So maybe that's why the Democrat Party is losing the Rust Belt. Union workers can no longer rely on Democrat support and uh, they're pretty aware of that. Another one of President Biden's executive orders halted construction on the border wall and the jobs that will be lost due to his border policy are hard to calculate. It's more than just construction jobs that will be lost, of course, as caravans of immigrants head toward the southern border in hopes of being granted citizenship in the United States, potentially millions of jobs being done now by American citizens are at risk under Biden. But the most important thing in America now is unity. At least that's what Joe Biden said in a speech last night at the Lincoln Memorial. Watch. And to overcome the challenges in front of us requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy. Unity requires us to come together in common love that defines us as Americans. Opportunity, liberty, dignity, and respect. And to unite against common foes, hate, violence, disease, and hopelessness. America's story depends not on any one of us, not on some of us, but on all of us, on we the people. That's the task before us. The only way we'll get through the darkness around us. Well, there's a lot of unity happening, especially in the press briefing. The media is right in step with the new administration. Check out the softballs being tossed at new White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Could you talk a little bit just about the, the kind of the preparations for getting the, the White House ready uh, and safe for the, the, pres the new president? And then could you just give us some color about what it was like for him going into the Oval Office? He's been waiting for this for so long. What was his reaction? Can he keep Donald Trump's Air Force One color scheme change? Again, first off, congratulations. And, uh, one question about your role. You touched on this a little bit of a topic. Uh, when you were up there, do you see yourself, uh, your primary role is promoting the interests of the president? Or are you there to provide us the unvarnished truth so that we can share that with the American people? Isn't that nice? So much unity. So peaceful. Coming up later in the show, I'm going to ask the former White House Deputy Press Secretary about how the press treated the Trump White House. So you're not going to want to miss that. And we will also talk to Laura Trump about how the family is doing now that the president is back here, only blocks from the studio, uh, living their lives out as private citizens. But first, let's head out to our hosts and correspondents around the country. And first, we are going to go on over to the host of Just the News AM in Washington, D.C., Carrie Sheffield. Carrie, go ahead. Hey there, Dr. Gina. The latest out of the Middle East is a sober reminder of the challenges facing the new Biden administration. 
Thursday, there was a terrorist attack in Baghdad in a very central shopping area. 28 people so far have been announced as dead. There have been dozens more, at least 73 people who have been wounded. Now, these it was a series of twin explosions being reported by the Associated Press. And this is coming amid the political tensions over Iraq's severe economic crises and planned early elections. Now, the argument here or the analysis so far is saying that this has been an ISIS sleeper cell. Now, you'll recall that one of the key priorities for the Trump administration was to destroy ISIS, and largely he did. It was eradicated that ISIS was decimated, the leaders of ISIS were taken out, and now we see the Biden administration is going to have to deal with this new challenge, this sleeper, sleeper cell, this ISIS sleeper cell. So the question is whether the Biden administration will allow the military leaders on the ground to achieve uh, continued eradication of ISIS. We know from the Obama administration that many of the military leaders said that they were hamstrung, that they were not allowed to do what they needed to prevent the rise of ISIS. Uh, former President Obama even called ISIS the, quote, JV squad. We'll see if the Obama administration takes this approach as well here in Iraq. That does it for us here at Just the News. And back to you, Gina. Let's just say that didn't take long. Thank you so much, Carrie. Now over to Denver, Colorado, to the Real America's Voice World Headquarters, where Jessica Rivera is standing by with more on the executive orders coming out of the Biden White House. Go ahead, Jessica. That's right, Dr. Gina. The Biden administration started off with President Joe Biden immediately signing 17 executive orders. But there are two that stand out, and I will explain why. The first one is the executive order on protection or protecting public health and the environment and restoring science to tackle the climate crisis. It's an order that revokes the permit for the work on the Keystone XL pipeline. You mentioned it a little earlier, putting at least 11,000 people out of work. But not only will it kill thousands of jobs during a pandemic, it'll also move the United States backwards on its energy independence. And since we won't be supplying ourselves with oil, our reserve will run dry, causing us to have to buy oil and gas from other countries. But you know who is really excited about this uh, new order? The Middle East oil cartels, because they were hit hard when President Trump made the U.S. energy independent. But they've gotten lucky with Joe Biden in the White House because soon they'll be making money on the U.S. once again, and Americans will be stuck paying high prices for gas and oil. The second uh, order is the executive order on protecting the federal workforce and mandating mask wearing. The EO pertains to mandatory mask wearing on any federal property or land inside or out. Yet shortly after the order went into effect, Biden was live on TV, not wearing one in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Another thing you mentioned a little earlier with him being out there speaking in front of the Lincoln Memorial. So Dr. Gina, with only two out of 17 executive orders Joe Biden signed on his first day as president, he managed to kill at least 11,000 jobs and he also made it very clear on national TV that he is above his own mandates. So if I had to guess how things are going so far, I'm going to say the new administration is anything but America first. Hmm. Jessica, wow. This is uh, really going to be an interesting uh, four years to watch now, isn't it? It is. It really, really is. And it just seems as if, you know, there's just so much that we can cover um, because it's it's really easy. They're trying to erase pretty much everything that President Trump did, uh, whether it was good or bad in their eyes. So we'll just have to keep up with it and continue to let the viewers know exactly what is going on in the new Biden administration. 
We'll be busy, won't we, Jessica? We will. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, now back to our D.C. studios, to the host of Actionable Intelligence, Governor Eric Greitens. Governor, uh, what is the feel in D.C. today, uh, one day into the Biden presidency? Well, you know, Gina, I've been talking to folks, you know, across the country, uh, many of them in my home state of Missouri, and I think that there are two predominant feelings. One is that they're finally seeing the Band-Aid has been torn off and everything about this Biden administration has been revealed, not with their rhetoric, but with the reality of what they are doing. As you talked about, the first thing they did in office was to kill 11,000 good quality jobs. And as you know, and you and I have talked about, it's not just 11,000 jobs. This is affecting tens of thousands of families who count on those jobs. And it's going straight at one of the number one accomplishments of President Trump, which was to make the United States of America energy independent. And then Biden comes in on his very first day and cancels the Keystone XL pipeline. I think now people are seeing what they're dealing with, with Joe Biden. Again, you contrast the rhetoric versus the reality. He's up there talking about unity, about bringing people together, but he's literally keeping American citizens away with fences and barbed wire. Well, you know what? The American people have a tremendous amount of common sense. They have a tremendous amount of intelligence and they believe what they are seeing with their eyes, not what they're hearing, not these false promises and the rhetoric. That's what I'm hearing from people around the country, Dr. Gina. Well, it's, it's good to hear. And, uh, you know, Governor, I, I appreciate always hearing what you're hearing uh, as you temperature take from the Midwest, especially flyover land, because, uh, you know, you've got a lot of good, solid, real people there with real perspective. And because every time I talk to the president, even last night when I saw him, he asked me what I'm hearing from the Midwest. And so getting those reports from you is always uh, critical. And I know you keep your finger on the pulse there. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Coming up, the press is tossing softball questions to White House officials, but uh, we aren't surprised, and neither is my next guest. Deputy White House Press Secretary Hogan Gidley is up to tell you all about it. Stick around. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. This new administration has uh, held its first two press briefings, so let's see how the press treated the new press team. Watch this. Could you talk a little bit just about the, the kind of the preparations for getting the, the White House ready uh, and safe for the, the, pres the new president? And then could you just give us some color about what it was like for him going into the Oval Office? He's been waiting for this for so long. What was his reaction? Can he keep Donald Trump's Air Force One color scheme change? 
Again, first off, congratulations. And uh, one question about your role, you touched on this a little bit of a topic. Uh, when you were up there, do you see yourself, uh, your primary role is promoting the interests of the president, or are you there to provide us the unvarnished truth so that we can share that with the American people? Wow. Those were some really hard-hitting questions. How on earth did she hold up under all of that pressure? Someone who's dealt with the press for the last four years uh, on behalf of President Trump joins us now. He was the White House Deputy Press Secretary. Hogan Gidley, good to see you. Uh, Hogan, uh, you know, all I can think is when... Joe Biden was talking about unity. Maybe the unity was actually talking about was between the press and his administration because that looked awfully cozy. That is not surprising at all. We saw this for eight years with um, Barack Obama. We are seeing that all over again uh, with Jen Psaki and Joe Biden. Um, the questions she is getting, obviously, are are so weak and they're also not being hostile in any form or fashion fluff questions and a lot of the questions that you didn't play were about donald trump how does joe biden feel about donald trump's this how does donald uh, joe biden feel about donald trump's that there was even one question with a gentleman today with a mask that said ohio on it who asked if joe biden was upset during the campaign they didn't get to talk in front of big crowds um, which I kind of chuckled at because we all know Joe Biden could draw a big crowd, even if there was no global pandemic. Um, but regardless of the fact, the American people are going to deserve answers. And I give it to Peter Ducey today, which Jen kept calling Steve, his dad. But Peter Ducey kept asking the question, wait a minute, you guys talked about mask mandates on all federal lands at all times. But Joe Biden didn't wear a mask last night at the Lincoln Memorial. And Jen Psaki didn't know how to answer the question because it was a real legitimate question instead of a fluff one. And she stumbled and bumbled around and said, wait a minute, well, Joe Biden was celebrating. And also there, there are you know, bigger things to be worried about in this country. So for the record, if anybody within the sound of our voices gets caught wearing a mask when they shouldn't, it is now precedent, thank you, uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki, to say, I was celebrating. That apparently gives you a get-out-of-jail-free card. So just remember that, everybody. If you're caught, the I'm celebrating defense works really well. It's really good to know, Hogan. Uh, you know, at least we'll get to laugh at the hypocrisy. I guess that's the one good thing. Hogan, though, this is going to get boring fast with the press acting like this. Will they be able to keep viewers watching and the people, you know, I mean, clicks are, you know, clicks are dollars in the press. Right. Um, you know, it's just the reality. And if you don't have some sort of meat at some point, it's going to hit your bottom line, right? And so how are they going to keep viewers and readers engaged if they don't have some sort of substance? Well, that's a, that's a great question because it exposes exactly what the media um, you know, focused on for the last little bit was obviously Donald Trump. And he gave them consistently uh, information. He fed the beast all day long, was very accessible, the most accessible president in our history. And yet, for some reason, the media continued to attack him. He didn't agree with their ideology, obviously, so that made them angry. But... He also made them rich. He also made them household names. They used the briefing for a long time 
to try and, and, and get those clicks, to try and grandstand for the people back at their own networks. And in fact, a lot of the folks who were the, who, who were the most disrespectful got the promotions within their television stations, showing everyone else that the blueprint is, act like a jerk, you get a promotion. Um, it's going to change a little bit in this new era, I do believe, because they're not going to have the information from the Joe Biden camp. Now, while they want to help Joe Biden, that's pretty clear, they want to parrot the talking points of Joe Biden's administration, and they want to cover for them the fact they won't get any information and the fact that they won't be household names and the fact that their Twitter uh, feeds won't explode and the fact that um, you know they're not going to get the exposure they had before, the clicks, as you just said, it's, it's addictive to these press people. And I do think in this era of Joe Biden, sooner or later, they're going to begin to turn on the administration and report things that the administration won't like, not nearly to the 95% tune against that, that Donald Trump faced, but they right. are going to be addicted to what they just had, the adrenaline they had, the endorphins they just had, and they're not gonna get it from this administration. So they're gonna have to try to find and get it somewhere else. And if that means attacking Joe Biden, chances are in the next several months, they may end up doing it. You know, we'll be talking to Laura Trump coming up in the next segment, Hogan. But, you know, one of the things that I realized just in my sort of summation of thinking back over my time uh, speaking with the president over the last four years is that never in one of my conversations has he ever asked me to keep our conversation between us. And I find that fascinating because, you know, leader of the free world, right? And he's spoken pretty freely with me and he knows what I do for a living. Never once has he ever said, now I need you to keep this between us because that's how transparent this president was. Right. It's one of the things I planned to talk to Laura about in the next segment. Um, but Hogan, that sort of transparency, um, the press got pretty spoiled by that. They're not going to have that anymore, which leads me to believe they're probably, uh, you know, it's hard to change the habits of a, of a I'll just say, a, a, you know, an anyone. I'm really trying not to insult them here, uh, the, the, the press. Um, but, you know, it's, you, the old habits die hard. Are they just going to circle back to the Trumps for their news? They will, I think, for the foreseeable future. They're going to talk about impeachment for a while. They'll try to go after the children again, uh, Laura Trump included. I'm sure y'all probably talk about some of that. Um, but, you know, they're going to continue to go after staffers and other things. The problem is that's not going to last long. And they have become like drug addicts. They are addicted to what mm. um, they got from Donald Trump. They're not going to get it from Joe Biden. Eventually, when news starts to come out within the administration, and I think the Donald Trump presidency had a lot of folks inside the White House who were very self-aggrandizing, who were very focused on themselves and not the American people, not the president. And so they leaked a lot. I think that a lot of the folks on the outside saw that and realized that they could kind of cozy up to the press and get a nice good treatment and a parachute from the press if they ever decide to leave. So they, they themselves on the inside of the administration are also going to give the press um, some, some, some little tidbits here and there. Still, the press is going to want to cover for Joe Biden because they believe in the same things. They share the same values that does Joe Biden. So 
uh, time and time again, you're going to see that over the years. You saw that in the press briefing today. It was halfway through before anybody was able to ask about a mask that Joe Biden mandates we wear, but that he doesn't have to wear. And by the way, while I'm on the subject, last time I checked, the White House is also federal lands. Why wasn't yeah. Fauci or Jen Psaki wearing a mask from the from the briefing room podium as well? So again, you're going to start to see the public get angry. And I'm interested to see how the how the press are going to react because they're going to like the calmness and, and the lack of transparency for a bit. And then they're going to realize I need the transparency to get clicks. I need the transparency to be relevant. And if I don't get it from the administration, I'm going to find my way in there and get some leakers to help me out. Because at the end of the day, as we know with the press, it's all about them. Yeah. Well, Hogan Gidley, congratulations, by the way, on uh, just serving in such an amazing capacity for such an amazing administration and for all you did for America. I just personally want to thank you for this audience and thank you so much for being with us tonight. Gina, thanks for all you did for the president and what you do for America. I'm so glad for your show. Keep it up and I'll be around anytime. Thank you so much. Coming up, Laura Trump joining me here in the studio. I'll ask her what's next for Trump and the MAGA movement. Don't miss it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Here in studio with me, she was the senior advisor to Trump 2020 campaign, Laura Trump. And we are so glad to have you with us, Laura. The president had to feel so welcomed uh, coming back into Palm Beach. I was there seeing the thousands lining the street on a bright, sh shiny Florida day when he landed. Um, what was that like being in the motorcade and seeing um, all of the people, the thousands of people, all the way from the airport, all the way to Mar-a-Lago, even when you got to Mar-a-Lago, more people there to greet you. I noticed the motorcade went really slow. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you what an incredibly welcome sight that was and how great that made all of us, uh, the entire family feel. What a great welcome home. And when do you ever see that happen for any president? I, I, don't, I don't ever have a memory of that happening, no. but I think it shows the true love and admiration that people have for Donald Trump. Yeah. And it was just such an incredible sight. And you're right. I knew that he was going to do this, but he went even slower than I think any of us in the family anticipated. We really slow rolled <laughs> it because he really wanted to see every person so and wait to everyone. I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, is, that, is that him saying, you know, to the driver, hey, slow down, slow down, slow down? Oh, yeah, he tells them. He tells them he wants them to slow down. He wants to wave to everybody. Um, and it was it was so great. It was great to, to just feel the warmth and the love, uh, especially, you know, in a moment right now, like I think so many of us have felt, you know, saddened or upset by the way things have played out, to come down here and have that warm welcome. It couldn't have been any better. So we're very appreciative. So many people are reaching out to me and wondering, how is the president doing? I've tried to reassure them that I've personally seen you out there playing with your children on the lawn, <laughs> uh, the paparazzi and me, um, <laughs> um, that I've seen you know, um, your family having some, some downtime together, that uh, you all look happy 
but you know, how is he doing? Yeah, I mean, look, we're we're all doing great, and honestly, um, look, I'm not going to say that that it hasn't been a, a tough road for us because we all put our heart and souls into this, and you we did. poured everything we had into fighting uh, for this president and to keep this country great and to move our movement forward. And um, you know, we we battled up until the very end, and and look, we're we're all good, and we know that there's nothing more that we could have done. We couldn't have fought any harder. We couldn't have done anything more. And I think. Truly, for, for a lot of us, it, it feels a little bit like a weight has been lifted off in some ways because the constant scrutiny uh, by the mainstream media and, and that has existed really for the past five plus years on our family for at least a moment, uh, Dr. Gina, has been kind of lifted in a way. Um, but, but look, that doesn't mean that, that we aren't all in and into making sure the future of this country is great. The fight continues the fight uh, for conservative values and for prosperity and freedoms. Um, that is something that our family didn't sign up for for four years. We signed up to do that, you know, for the rest of our lives and for the future of this country. And in terms of, you know, there's so much that the president did for this country. Uh, lists and lists. I always mention promiseskept.com because I think it's just so overwhelming when you read through the list yeah. of the things that he did. Are you worried about the plans that the Biden administration has and uh, the Trump legacy being reversed? Well, I mean, I think you've seen already under uh, the Biden administration in the short time that Joe Biden has been in office, he's trying to do everything he can to reverse the Trump era policies. He stopped construction on the border wall. He wants to grant 11 million illegal immigrants a U.S. citizenship. He wants to change the word illegal alien to non-citizen. He wants to do all of these things that are very fluffy, I think, to a lot of people, but they're, they're a signal that he wants to reverse those policies. Here's the thing that none of them have figured out. You can never put people back to sleep. Donald Trump woke Americans up. He got them involved in politics. He made them a part of the future of this country. They're not going back to sleep. They're going nowhere. So try as they might, they are never going to erase that. And I think that's one of the really incredible parts of this president, of Donald Trump's legacy that can never be erased, that will never be erased. I mean, you look at all of the things like the economic prosperity, the unemployment lows, keeping our country safe, eradicating ISIS, the American embassy in Israel being moved to Jerusalem, uh, you know, the Abram Accords, trying to bring peace to the Middle East, the historic nature of so many of these things that Donald Trump did, um, they're great, but I really think the lasting legacy will be how he reinvigorated Americans, how he brought patriotism back to this country, and how, like I said, he woke people up and they are not going back to sleep. I started to ask you what your favorite was, but maybe you just said that at the <laughs> end, the patriotism Yeah. Well, I think it's so incredible to see, you know, speaking of us coming back here to Florida and, and the welcome like we just talked about, um, to see people proudly flying American flags. And, and truly, there was so much emotion mm -hmm. that we could feel from that crowd. Good. And, you know, I, I think that that's really special, and that's something that we've all held dear as Americans. That has, that's what has bonded us, is our love for this country and our love for one another. And Donald Trump has really brought that back, and, and I really don't see it going away. And he certainly is going nowhere. He's part of this movement. The movement continues. Again, like I said, we're all going to continue to fight, including President Donald Trump. The MAGA movement, the Patriot Party, the, you know, the president being the head of the GOP. Where are we now? What is the movement called? 
Well, I mean, I think it's still the Republican Party. I think it's the GOP um, currently. But look, I, I think that people need to understand you might hear a lot of different things out there. Donald Trump is still the head of this party and, and he will continue to be the head of this party for you know a long time to come. He is going nowhere. He said it in his farewell address. We'll be back in some form. So stay tuned uh, for, for what is in store for this president. But uh, look, I think that, that people need to just have faith that it is a time that I know is very difficult for people right now to go through such a transition and to have a new president in office and, you know, Democrats uh, controlling both chambers, the House and the Senate right now. But it's far from over. The fight continues. Look, 2022 midterms will come up. We all need to get ready for that. We need to make sure that the election laws that the Democrats tried to very quickly and sneakily change in 2020 to their advantage, we need to change them back and make sure that every American has faith in our election process and in our election system so that 2022, 2024, and beyond, uh, we know that things are working properly in America. I'm asked every day, so I have to ask, uh, what's next for Laura Trump? Are we going to see a Senate run? <laughs> it's possible. I think, I think anything's possible. Um, I would say right now, none of us are too keen on politics. We want to take <laughs> a deep breath yes. and kind of just <laughs> well take, take a step back. But, but we can't stay away for long. We're, we're all, again, in this fight for the rest of our lives in some form. Uh, perhaps it will come in that form, but uh, I will let you know for sure. Golf lessons for Luke, very critical <laughs> at this moment. That's true, yes. Yes, with the tennis ball. Yes. Laura yes. <laughs> Trump, thank you so much. Give, give this audience's best to your family and especially the Aww. president. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. All right. And thank you for being here. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up just in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. And now that President Trump is back to being a private citizen, the MAGA movement waiting for orders. Will the GOP be the MAGA party moving forward? We've heard rumors of a patriot party, or will some third party mysteriously emerge. Here with me now in studio, Maggie Vandenberg and John Fredericks. Um, all right, guys, I'm just going to let you all talk about this because uh, you know this is a big debate out there. Patriots are, I'm going to use the word ticked, but that's not the word I really want to use. Uh, John Fredericks, you know, I, I said, I've said for decades of my political life, and my husband will say this too, if you mess with the party, you are, you are literally flirting with disaster. It takes years to recover. Uh, what's your perspective? You were right for 30 years, and you're right today. <laughs> going, I didn't say 30 years, John, but you just dated me. Go ahead. <laughs> going to any sort of a third-party initiative is a recipe for disaster. It's an insane and asinine move. It'll take a 30-year period to get there and probably $150 billion. We're not going to have a country in 30 years. But let me tell you the real issue here. The Republican Party is ripe for the takeover. We have 60 to 70 million Trump voters. You know what Mitch McConnell has? A donor list and a phone. That's not a party. We have the numbers. They have power and they have money. 
But we have 70 million voters that are never going to go back and we're awakened. And so what we need to do, Gina, is everyone that voted for Trump, everyone that believes in the America First agenda, don't go back home. Get involved. Go to your local Republican unit, join and take it over. Every Republican, rhino, never Trumper, primary them, starting with Lynn Cheney and go right down the line. That's how you take the party over. I'm going to coin a phrase from Napoleon. He said, I came back to Paris, walked down the street, saw the crown in the gutter and picked it up with my saber. This party is so weak, we can take it over. Think about this. January 5th, the biggest day that we had in Georgia, the Republican National Committee had a retreat in Amelia Island and sipped pina coladas and margaritas out of a swizzle stick instead of knocking on doors in DeKalb County and Gwinnett County. Or instead of even watching the vote, instead of even watching the ballots be processed, there was no one there. They were partying. They They were were, partying. This is right for the takeover. You say that, though, John, um, but the power of incumbency is a real thing, Maggie. Um, You know this. It is not easy to run against sitting party leaders. I've been there. I've seen this. I've worked campaigns uh, this way. Um, That's not an easy thing. Um, and, And we do know that going back to, in fact, I did a whole monologue a few days back on on when the Whig Party disappeared and some of the factors that were in place when the Whig Party disappeared um, are very much in place right now. Yeah. If there were ever a time. Well, and what's funny is I agreed with you 100%, even just three, four weeks ago. I was totally on board. But part of the problem is, is that the GOP has completely failed the American people and it has completely failed the base and it's been going on for a long time and so I tried to examine this debate right as not as looking at it like hey should we should we support a third party I'm looking at it like we should have a second party because what we have right now really is the uni party and we have all of these people who have been in office for many many years and they're sort of working towards the same end they're sort of working towards this globalist agenda uh... they're they're not america first and we see people like mitch mcconnell getting together with the democrats and wanting to do work with them and it's really just about consistently selling out the american people to you know foreign entities like china and so i try to reframe this debate almost in such a way as to say like hey maybe we have this new party and it's a new party maybe not necessarily even a third party because part of the problem is taking over the GOP is going to be really difficult when you talk to people who are just so angry and fed up I spoke to a man today he's been a a lifelong Republican voted Republican straight red ticket his entire life and he said to me I will never vote Republican again and he was adamant and I can't I can't stress enough the fact that I've spoken to so many people mm-hmm. who feel completely betrayed, betrayed. by, the, G- by mm-hmm. the GOP and they don't want to support them again so I feel like when President Trump came out and said hey what if you know floating this idea of the Patriot Party right. I think that you would see a massive group of people moving over to that and you, they wouldn't just be the 74 million people that are, feel disenfranchised by the GOP I think we would also pick up a lot of independence I think we would pick up a lot of people that are disgusted by what the modern Democratic Party has become. So I actually feel like this would be the power base and this would be something that could really unify the country and that we could really take over. So I feel like at the end of the day we have the same we have the same end goal, but it's just how do we want to get there? And I also wanted to say that even if the Patriot Party maybe 
maybe was not a massive success, it could help also reform the GOP because all of a sudden the GOP is going to be paying attention to like, well, wait a sec, these guys are getting a lot of attention Maggie, and support. We don't, we don't have the time for that. That takes years and years. If you go down this path right now, you basically give Nancy Pelosi the House again. You give her the power. You give Chuck Schumer the Senate again. And you give uh, why, John? Biden I don't think I don't think again. that the reasoning because behind we're just that gonna, is clear. We're gonna, the, 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 those the, the McConnells of the world are just not going to go away and say, "Okay, you can have it." They're going to they they have their base, their establishment base in the swamp, Goldman Sachs, the gangster bankers, Wall Street. They all give them money. So you're going to split that vote and give the Democrats power in perpetuity. You wait several cycles, you don't have a country. I mean, right now we have a sense of urgency. And yeah. what I'm telling people is. Look, I'm telling you what my wife told me January 6th. Stop whining and get back to work and fight. That's what we have to do. Okay, and okay, we, let me, let me ask you something. If we have all the candidates, nobody's voting for an R. They're going to vote for the candidates, which we can win every primary. But you say that, John. But Maggie's right. We, we, we really do have a branding issue. I know people, too, that say I'm never voting Republican again. They feel like they've been traded out. Um, and for part of the reasons that you stated on this show. Um, and, and, and then there are the people. There's also the, the whole branding issue. Of, you know, it's the grand old party. People feel like it's antiquated in some way. Um, people feel like it hasn't been run well. People feel like it is the antithesis of, of the new uh, sort of MAGA movement, the Trump party, the one with all the enthusiasm and, and the, the sort of anti-establishment establishment uh, movement that is that is Trump. So John, is there is there a is there maybe a middle zone here where you could rebrand the Republican Party maybe with a new name that has a lot more to do with President Trump and the new movement. Well, you take it over and then you change it and you take it over by nominating pro America first, pro Trump candidates, getting the never Trumpers out, getting involved in your uh, in, in your local meetings, which is like, you know, go, go in and get your teeth pulled at the dentist. I realize how painful it is, but that's how they maintain control. And we can take that over because we have this massive movement. They don't have that. They, they, they have a handful of people consulted in the swamp that make money and buy things with it. No matter who wins, we have this movement that is makes the Tea Party look like child's play. We can take it over ourselves. I kind of agree, but I also feel like people really are so fed up with the GOP. And and if you're getting back into wanting to be part of that establishment, right, people feel like, you know, 2018 came around and people forget that President Trump actually did a great job of getting so many rhinos out of the swamp. So even though we maybe lost a few seats, we also lost a ton of the rhinos and the people that were obstructing us. So it, it's very difficult to get these people out. And so I think that people look at this as, as somebody who's an outsider and they go, I don't want to be part of the establishment. I don't want to be part of this. And this is why I, I feel like if we want this country to get back to really what it was supposed to be about is like a party by we the people that I feel like if we had this new party and if it was backed by someone like like President Trump starting it that we could actually bring a lot of energy and enthusiasm into it and hopefully the money would follow so that we actually could compete against the establishment because I think what maybe that you're talking about that maybe we're forgetting when we're talking about the massive amounts of Wall Street money and things that the Mitch McConnells of the world are going to still bring in is that 
I think what you're thinking is you'll bring in some independents and some Democrats that are just sick of both parties yeah. and that it's going to bring those folks in. And, and I almost wonder if that's not true as well. I think people are just sick of establishment parties. And I almost wonder, especially as we look down the road to 22-24, when we see, you know, John, again, I've been with you this whole time. Like, I, and my husband, too, which is what really shocks me. And I think he still is mostly with you, like 60, 40. Oh, he gets it. Uh, but I, but, but I, 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 he, he's, the, he's the, for the first time in his life, he's entertaining this notion of, you know, maybe it is time because we do feel so sold down. You know, he was there with you, um, you know, in Georgia, uh, seeing the letdown of the party and what they didn't do um, in that Georgia Senate race, uh, for example. And, uh, and so much that the party hasn't done in years past. And then we keep getting handed these candidates uh, that are never the kind of candidates that we want, with the exception of Donald Trump and probably five others I can count on the national level. Um, and, and yes, primaries are a great idea, but they are very difficult, very difficult to win against an incumbent. Um, I think starting on the local level, you're absolutely right about that. And I think everyone should, and that's what I've been advising people, run for local, county office, school board, those kinds of things right now. That's the best thing we can be doing for sure. Um, but then I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think we maybe we just have to uh, see what the what the president, uh, you know, ultimately where he goes on this. Does anyone have any inkling as where he definitely told me last night he's not going anywhere. He's going to be involved. And I don't talk often about what he says, but he definitely said that. But what is your thought on what he's going to do? Well, I think he's going to continue to lead the movement in some way, um, whether he de decides to run again in 2024 uh, Dr. Gina and Maggie, I think that's going to. Do you think on he will? Health. Yes. Wow. Yes. Do you think, think he, he will? I don't. No. You don't really. I, no, I, I do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, Gina, I'm a doc, just Dr. Just seeing Gina. him last night, I, I, I think he will. You know, I, I just he looked very invigorated. He looked very. I, I do. You I don't think he's going anywhere. have a few years to rest, play golf, you know, yeah. catch up on his sleep a little bit, and uh, I think he's going to come roaring back. I think he's going to play a tremendous role in the midterms. I think we're. I think we're going to take the House and the Senate back. And uh, I think he's going to be back stronger than ever. And uh, he's going to be able to motivate uh, even um, more voters than he had. Remember, he got 75 million votes. That is a tremendous number. Joe Biden, they say, got 85 million. He couldn't get 200 people at his inauguration. So mm -hmm. I think he runs again. And I think, uh, and I think he's going to win. That's why it, do it doesn't make any sense for me to, to start a third party. He's going to run and he's going to win. He's going to be the nominee again. And uh, wherever the convention is, he's going to have a sweeping victory. He will not get beat in a single primary in 2024 if he runs. The only thing, though, I think that people are so frightened right now that is their vote even going to count? So people want to be, they want to feel insured that we've dealt with a lot of this election fraud issues. Yes. In, and especially in the six battleground states where we saw it make a difference in this last election. Correct. So people, I don't think, are going to vote. Or, or they're just going to be, they're just, they feel so disenfranchised right now. But I feel like if we can get back to that, I would agree with you. But at this point, I just feel like President Trump is a winner, and he's not going to get into a game unless he feels like he can win it. And right now, based on the way that the election was stacked against him, I mean, Okay, but that's, that's okay, I understand. Now we understand what happened. Yeah. Right? right? We didn't understand what happened. Now we understand, we understand that the state legislators control the way elections are run, the federal law, that H-1 they're trying to do, that's never going to pass constitutional muster. So we understand that we have to get Republicans in the state house. That's local. We can do that if everybody gets out and gets involved. Here's the other thing. Yeah. I live in Virginia. There's a bill right now that's going to pass 
by a Democrat that wants a drop box in every single community in Virginia. Every single one of them. Republicans are fighting it. I'm for it. Give me as many drop boxes in Southwest Virginia as you can possibly find. I want them all. You know why? We're going to exploit their system just like the guy did in Los Angeles. We're going to get the Trump voters that don't come out on the normal off elections. We're going to mail them absentee ballots. We're going to knock on their door. We're going to take it and we're going to put it in the drop box in God knows where Southwest Virginia. And that's how we're going to win. Beat well, them at their own game. Well, that yeah, takes a I lot don't know, though, John. I worry about that because I just don't think the conservatives cheat to the same degree that yeah. uh, that the left does. But we can have that debate on a, a different day because um, uh, there will be plenty of time for this. And I and I really do believe. Um, back to your point, Maggie, about about Donald Trump. Um, you know, feeling like he couldn't run again because of the system that was so broken. I believe he'll set his business about fixing that system. Well, I think if he would order. run, I think he definitely would. Oh, no, yeah. Knowing President yeah. Trump, he's not going to run unless he feels like I he's got I think there'll it. be lots, lots of action fight. toward that end, and that's why everybody needs to be thinking about what's their role going to be in that, because you definitely have one. Maggie Vandenberg and John Fredericks, thank you so much for being here. And uh, now it is time for Doctor's Orders. So what to do in light of all that? I am literally deluged with this question in the form of hundreds or even thousands of text messages every single day. So much so that I don't even know if I can keep the same phone number at this point because I'm missing texts from my own children. I spoke with President Trump last night and you heard Laura uh, today here in studio, Laura Trump, and her thoughts on all of this. They aren't going anywhere. They plan to be a very active part of our body politic going forward. And neither, by the way, has the God who has had his favor on this president and this nation from the very beginning. If you trusted him then, I want to ask you something. Why wouldn't you trust him now? Just as in life, we can't always see the reasons why God does the things that he does. How many times in your life have you wondered, why is God doing this? Only to look back with a little perspective and see exactly why he did what he did. Why did God give us the Obama administration? How many times did you wonder that? I did. Well, because without the Obama administration, we would never have had the wisdom to watch out for someone like Donald Trump to come along from the outside, a businessman, to have the presidency. So take a deep breath. Take your time. If you need to, you can absolutely have your grieving time and then try to discover what God has planned for you in this time. Maybe he wants you to run for local office. Maybe he wants you to form a group of activists and take the lead. Maybe he wants you to lead in your church. Our churches, wow, they have weakened severely in recent weeks if you've had time to look. Some of the pastors I used to trust have become literal pansies out there. It's shocking. Have you seen the things they're posting on social media? Take a look. Maybe you're the one who is supposed to be recruiting folks to run or start a poll watching effort in your community. Can you believe there was no one in Georgia watching those Senate polls? My husband was there. There was no one. Maybe that's what you're called to do. There's so many options. And now you have a moment to take a breath and actually do some of this. And don't forget, by the way, to stay in the word. I think this is one of the most important things that I myself have been neglecting in all my busyness and all the emotion. So maybe that's why I mention it. Am I trying to return all of your texts while you're upset? As I've said many times, I rarely disclose my conversations with the president, even though he's never asked me not to, not one time, because that's how transparent he actually is. But last night, I want to tell you, he is as strong as ever. 
He is as ready to fight in all the ways that you want him to fight. And he is as optimistic about the future as he has ever been. He definitely has a strong sense of purpose right in place going forward. And he plans on going absolutely nowhere. So this is no time for you to be weak. You followed his lead this far. Why wouldn't you follow it now? This is no time to be depressed. This is no time to have a pity party or to doubt your role in the next four years. You have a role, and it is just as important a role now as it was for the last four years. Trust me on this, maybe more. Now, if you've truly been awoken to the depth of evil in the deep state, what are you going to do with that? It's your job to act upon what you know in the most peaceable, effective way possible. And maybe your role is exactly that, to be the encourager to those around you, those in your family first, of course, and to get back on track and to be strong and to activate those around you. And that's your doctor's orders for today. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone here on the show today. Thank you to those here who work so hard every day to bring you this show, your new home for real news here at RAV TV, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody.